welcome to Marathon Swim Stories. I'm Shannon Keegan. Are you planning any big swims this year? Let me know if I can help. Swimming efficiently is key, so send me some swimming footage for free video analysis. Or let me build your training plan to ensure that you're well prepared and that you don't get injured before you even start. Today's guest has been marathon swimming for the last four decades. I was fortunate to run into Suzanne Heim during one of my online events. Can you believe that she jumped on a What is Marathon Swimming Q&A call? Just to connect. It was fun to collaborate and point aspiring marathon swimmers in the right direction. As you can imagine, she has more than a few stories to tell. This is just an overview. Enjoy. All right, Suzanne, what's your story? Oh, what's my story? Well, I've been swimming for so long and doing it at so many, so many different events. Um, you know, from the pool swimming uh, to solo marathon swimming, although really there is no solo about the whole solo marathon right. swimming, right? Because right. it's such a team effort. And to racing on the USA national team and then really going after it for... Um, masters and you know, getting the master pool swimming world records and then racing some smaller swims uh and then again i think we've termed them events uh, around the world for um things like you know the english channel and and those longer longer events i like so, to call them like, events too they're not races anymore it's an event because it's it's, it's a milestone <laughs> they're a milestone but since I started open water swimming in about 19, I think 78, my, over the years, it's my, my, it's changed. It's changed. So it sort of went from racing, maybe a 10 miler to trying to set records for first time swimming to first, you know, first time trying to do some of these swims feeling like Christine Columbus, you're going to fall off the end of the earth if you do this swim <laughs> and you go outside the Golden Gate, to then getting bored with that and even doing some triathlons and then going back to pool swimming. And so it, it's my swimming career has just been like all over the map. Uh, but honestly, if you really want to start from the beginning, uh, I learn to swim with a mommy and me through the Y. So I really, you know, give them some props. They have a really good program. I guess my mom took me there when I was a little one. <laughs> and then I tried out for a swim team when I was five years old and it was the Ann Curtis and Ann Curtis was an Olympian in the 1948 Olympics. And she started her own swim school. And she was wow. also um, the first um, female to win the Sullivan award. The Sullivan award was for amateur athletes. So uh, I, my mom knew of her because it's kind of the same age area and she wanted me to belong to the swim team. So I tried out for the swim team and you just had to swim 15 yards. I was five years old and I had swim lessons, but it was the year before and I got in there and I forgot how to swim. <laughs> yeah, that happens with kids. <laughs> I didn't make the team. <laughs> and I could tell you from all the way from when I was a little kid, I cried all the way home. I, oh, no. <laughs> and my mom felt bad 
because she didn't, um, she says, well, I should have had you do some swimming before you, you know, just not jump just in the jump pool. right in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, mom felt bad and I was crying. So there and like, so then we got some swim lessons and we joined the summer rec team Anne's team. And from there, then I started swimming in a more competitive age group team. And, um, it was actually Marine Aquatic Club and Rick DeMont was one of the Olympians there. And he won a gold medal in the 72 Olympics. And I was like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. So I was really impressed by his long three hour workouts and it was the 1500. Only unfortunately um, he had his medal taken away because he had asthma and he declared all his drugs and and all his meds but the doctors missed it Mm. so long story short on that one he didn't get his uh, the person who got the silver medal never took it Mm. so he doesn't have his gold medal nobody has a gold medal nobody knows where it is anyways he ended up to be quite a uh, excellent coach at university of arizona Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I was kind of, by that time, I think I was like 12 or 13 and I was, didn't like that. I, you know, it was, it didn't set well with me at all. You know, all this hard work and all I saw as a kid, well, he has his medal taken away and it wasn't fair and I don't want to work hard and I don't want to do this. And there was no mm-hmm. women's scholarship. So I quit swimming when I was 13 and did other things like, um, other things, my path kind of went a different way, but I did join, I had a a coach in high school and he kind of sort of saw the way I was going and tried to get me involved. I swam in the, I I didn't swim. I played boys water polo because I could swim. Yes. Yeah. Swim. And so I played one of the first women to, to do that or girls to do that. Um, And then I graduated from high school early. We ended up starting the, and I, and I did some, ran cross country, uh, wasn't interested in swimming at all. You got to Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo over here on the um, West Coast in California. And there was no women's swim team. And I started, and there was the beach, but I hated the ocean because I had this little incident where I almost drowned when I was like five or six at the beach, you know, oh, well, yeah. not something you could see the sand and everything. So no ocean, Mm-mm. but here I was in a, going to school in a place where everybody would go to the beach. Still was not really enthralled with it at all whatsoever, but I wanted to get the swim team going. So a group of us did some guerrilla marketing, 16 men's sports and four women's, and it was title nine. And we did the whole thing of guerrilla marketing, posting our signs all around wow. the campus and got people interested. And first year went, went to the student body meeting. Uh, all our hair was wet. The water, the air temperature outside was probably 28. And we were like sitting in a meeting at night, not with wet hair. I mean, they had to approve us. And yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we made the process work for us, uh-huh. um, got the women's team going down there at Cal Poly. So I had like two years eligibility there at Cal Poly before, again, I, I graduated early. But in the meantime, peer pressure kind of got to me and I ended up did sw- go, doing some swims in the ocean. Okay. And really, yeah. And but it was 
my friends were questioning me, like, Suzanne, you can swim well. At the time, I was a backstroker, not a distance freestyle. Suzanne, you can swim really well in the pool. What is your issue here? And I said, well, I don't like to stand in the bottom. I don't like the big waves. I don't like this and that. So here these were non-swimmers that were trying to help me out and, and kind of overcome my anxiety and stress and mm -hmm. do some positive talking. And and it was just a really positive environment, you know, going to the beach and being with my friends. So there was all this positive stuff about it. And I started, oh, well, okay, I like this. Came home one summer for um, in San Francisco Bay Area from school. And there was this one mile swim in aquatic park in San Francisco Bay with the Dolphin Club. And it was open to the public. My dad, um, third generation San Franciscan, he'd been a member of one of the clubs down there. Um, it's called the Aerial Club. It had burned down. It was right next to the Dolphin Club. But it's like, Sue, you know, why don't you do this? And so I said, okay. And um, this is all on other people's suggestions because I'm not coming up with this. Oh, so, okay, go in the ocean. Okay, all right. right, right. Okay. So yeah. I ended up swimming in this race and I liked it. And this woman there, um, her name was uh, Veronica Mann. And she had had, her husband was the first man to break a minute in the 100 meter backstroke in the 64 Olympics. So again, swimming, you know, she's saying, Suzanne, you know, you're a really good swimmer, come join the Dolphin Club. Well, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, at the time, that was 1978, and they had just um, admitted women in 1970, late 1976. Wow. So I was probably one of the, like, first 50 women to, like, actually join uh, the club there. And I really have to thank all those women that went before me because I know it was not easy right. joining um, a club with all men at I'm all kidding. whatsoever. And they kind of... Um, led the led the charge and forged and pre and and made opportunities for me that I was able to take advantage of so I'm very grateful to those ladies that really kind of took those guys to the mat and said hey <laughs> you know you need to admit women right well that was 78 and um I was still going to school I had one more year so I, I joined the club, I returned to the San Francisco Dolphin Club, returned to school thinking, wow, this is really cool. So then uh, swimming in the ocean. So then there was this 10 mile swim in Huntington Seal Beach. I knew nothing about the whole thing. Meanwhile, I was swimming master swimming in a pool. And at the time they were considered professional and you couldn't swim in an AAU swim. And this Huntington to Seal, Seal Pier 10 mile swim was supposedly an amateur swim. But all this was back in the day, everything was just starting to really get organized and come together yeah. for long distance swimming. Mm -hmm. And I met with this man named Dale Petranic. And Dale, there's an award for him from the International Swimming Hall of Fame because he was like a savant when it came to all, you know, who's who in long distance swimming. So I called him up and I said, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Can I enter this? I'm master swimming, AAU swimming. He says, yes, we're changing all the rules. Don't worry about it. Open, oh, cool. just go do the swim. So everything was like, just go do it. I'm like, okay. Not <laughs> that I knew what I was going to do for a 10 mile swim. So you did one mile and then your next swims well, yes but I was <laughs> I was smart enough while I was at, at school so that was in July I knew that I had to do some training so my training was in um at down in Southern California Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo and I got this 
one of my friends, this guy friend, and he had a paddle board and we would go out and we would swim, uh, you know, on a paddle board, you know, a, an hour or two. And this is where I have a few stories that my parents never knew, thankfully. <laughs> uh, you know, we would go straight out uh, and wow. then we would like hit a fog bank. And that's when he got cold. I didn't get cold because he didn't have a wetsuit on. And of right. course, there is no other, there's, there's no other safe. We didn't think of safety contingencies, right? Right. No, you're yeah. just like, we got to swim. Let's go out. <laughs> Let's go out. 20 years old, 19, 20 years old, just kind of, you know, oblivious. <laughs> so we hitchhiked. Luckily a fishing boat found us and we hitched a ride with them. Got a little bit of a lecture from the sea salt <laughs> saying you wouldn't be out here if you knew what was in the water, because at the time there was Diablo Canyon and Diablo Canyon is is a nuclear power plant and they were having like warm water. So they're like oh. critter, especially sharks like to like, like the difference between the cold and the warm right. water. Oh wow. so yes. So we got our lecture from the, from the fishermen. They dropped us off and we did some other swims and that's where I'd like jump off piers. There's a restaurant at the end and I thought it was really cute to like be jumping off a pier and you know, which is like, really foolish because jumping off a pier, you never know what's underneath the water because people push a lot of junk off the water. And of course, I never knew how deep it was because we didn't even know what tides and currents were. And um, pretty stupid stuff. You know, we'd go down and we'd swim for an, a mile or, or a mile or two, an hour or two. And then we'd hitchhike back in our swimsuits. And, um, but I'm here. So everything's okay. Yeah. So we get to the swim down there at Seal Beach. And again, I didn't know how to feed, you know, I didn't know anything. I didn't, you know, okay. So I took some water. That's all I took. Um, and then he's on the surfboard. And um, at one point I remember I was getting really stiff, but I did know enough. You can't touch the paddler or any right. boat. I did know mm -hmm. that. So he got off and I was getting stiff and he was going to like pull my arms back and kind of stretch me. And the, the referee boat came by and said, so, you know, like, what are you doing? Well, he hadn't touched me yet. I said, well, I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm sore. And he's going to stretch me. No, 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 you can't do that. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so I finish. I did. Uh, and I did well. It was like a three hour, three and a half hour swim. I think I was fifth overall and first female. Okay. Wow. Good job. Fine. Uh, and I think the reason why I really wanted to swim at the time is they had these really nice beer steins. And, <laughs> yeah. And you know, you're at college and you know, that was like a really cool thing. Right? Yeah, totally. Everybody needs a beer stein in college. Everybody needs a beer stein. Especially when it's free and an award. It's free for, and it has this little emblem. You did this 10 mile swim, you know, bragging rights. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so my buddy and I, you know, we got some swims in by that time I had graduated. And, uh, and so I graduated, I think in uh, a few months later, came back to the Bay Area and started really swimming in the at the Dolphin Club doing a bit more. And that's when um, so we're, we're looking at 1980. Um, and there are some things again, there's some swims and I found so much support and people really wanting to help me. Of course, I didn't come up with a lot of these ideas. Other people are coming up with, oh, Suzanne, why don't you do this? Meanwhile, all I really wanted to do was swim the Golden Gate because I, and I had, I remember 
putting this poster, this gorgeous poster of the Golden Gate and the sunrise and uh, at the end of my bed. So every morning I'd wake up. That was my biggest goal was to swim the Golden Gate Bridge. And so bit by bit, my swims got, I did swim the Golden Gate and my swims got a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And at that time I was in race mode. So I was racing for records and I was, um, you know, had the fastest swim across the gate for a female and around Alcatraz and back and forth. In fact, I think this, those uh, times still stand to this day. But uh, that was that mentality then. Right. Okay, so we're in race mode. <laughs> then it kind of shifts. Well, as I started getting to be more a part of the Dolphin Club and finding a lot of the support and for, you know, women just being in the club in mm -hmm. 76 and now we're at 80, I was finding a lot of support from uh, many of the, uh, the old timers and the other guys and rowers that would help me out on some swims. And so they were coming up with some really great ideas. Now, some of these ideas were, um, conjured up at, <laughs> at there's a bar up the street called Buena Vista that serves really good Irish coffees. And so mm -hmm. I do my little swim in, in the bay, you know, at the aquatic park and we'd head up there and we'd get some creative juices going. And <laughs> um, on napkins, we'd write out napkins. Well, how about if we did this and we go here and I'm like, yeah, you know, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. And it was fun. Um, it was really fun. I mean, again, one of my fir first swims, this man set up, uh, we got somebody who we thought, you know, new tides, because at that time, there is no GPS. Right. No, we had to go to something called the San Francisco Bay model. And the San Francisco Bay model is exactly that. It's a model, it's this very giant model of the San Francisco Bay with all its unique tides and currents. Because when you think of it, the gate is only like, seven eighths of a mile wide, right? The Golden Gate. And it's mm -hmm. filling up like 422 square feet of bay, miles, yeah. 420 square, two square miles, right? Wow. And right at the gate itself, it's really deep. It's like 370 some odd feet deep. And so you get the, a lot of water, you know, just really boiling there. And uh -huh. then you have all these land masses. You've got Alcatraz and Angel Island. You have all this and you have, you know, water, going in and out of the gate and making all these back eddies and going out one direction and coming the other direction. And really it's the bay, you know, even in the shipping channel is just like 45 feet deep. Uh, so it's not really deep. So you have water that's just wish-washy all over the way. So you go down to the bay model and at the bay model, we would like stick our little pieces of paper in to see like which way the water would be going at a certain time with our tide charts that we would watch and really look at. And then the man who was running the bay model kind of got a little irritated with us because the little pieces of paper we were throwing in, probably not supposed to, were clogging up the system. <laughs> so he was interested actually in what we were doing. And his name on his license plate was Tides J, Mr. Johnston. Oh. 
So Mr. Johnston helped us out a whole lot, you know, trying to predict my speeds, kilometer per hour, with the actual, um, what the tides and the currents are supposed to be at this point, at this time, you're supposed mm -hmm. to be at this point, at this time, Suzanne, pick up the pace, you know, that sort of thing. So we had like this map, and I still have some of those um, wow. old courses of the time we took off and how we used to plot them. So, uh, so one of the first swims was, um, it was from Tiburon to San Francisco uh, to Aquatic Park to the Dolphin Club. And this man figured it out. And one of the guys from the Dolphin Club, Tides Currents, okay, fine. So we had a date. I had a rowboat and a paddler. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So I show up with my paddler and the, um, my pilot wasn't there. The next thing I know, here, this other guy comes, he's 70 years old. He had to row against the tide to come pick me up. And we did our little swim, which was really nice. So my other guy who was supposed to, you know, swims never go as they're supposed to, you, you know, I've learned go. that over the years, right? right. You got to be flexible and roll with it. And even on my Catalina swim, which was just last year, it was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> flexibility is key. It's key, and, yes. And so yes. Is, is, there's a lot to be said for, for deep breathing too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so when you said uh, when you said support boat, you meant this paddler, or excuse me, the, the rowboat. The rowboat. Yes, right. You said pilot. You said pilot. When some people think of pilot as a motorboat, but you're saying pilot is your rowboat. Oh right? yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. No <laughs> motorboat. No radio. No, I mean, oh. <laughs> but you're I still know. here to tell the story. Okay. I'm still here to tell the story. And how and long was this is, roughly? I mean, me? how long was this roughly? The Tiburon? Uh, that was, um, let's see, that was a Tiburon. That was, I think it was like two and a half or three hours. Okay. Two and a half or three hours. So, which a lot of times what had happened is, um, and let's see, uh, 81, looking at some of these. That was two hours and 7.8 miles, two, two hours and 13 minutes. So you have to understand that like a lot of the swims that we were doing back then were like a big deal like two three four hour in the cold water san francisco bay that's yeah. like like probably 60 degrees 58 degrees right now they're not even like training swims for people you I know, know. Right. it's not just one way it's back and forth but back then it was a big deal uh yeah. now now it's, it's i'm sometimes i'm embarrassed to say but they hadn't the swims hadn't been done at that time right and, and with gps and a lot of technology it, it really you know things have progressed logarithmically in open water swimming. Right, right. So we do it. So anyways, that was kind of the, the, the first swim that I had done. So now we're starting to embark on um, some, a lot of first swims okay. um, around the San Francisco Bay. And meanwhile, the shorter swims, I'm still racing, you know, racing. New York Day Alcatraz that we have. Water temp there is, well, it used to be colder than it is now, but it would range from 46 to 48. Um, but remember, we'd have a nice warm sauna and a shower to go to. Yeah. I'm finding out now with all this COVID stuff, it's like <laughs> there is none and you just have to do the shake and shiver show. It's, yeah. And yeah. some of these people that I see that are just so inspirational, like those cold water ice swimmers and or not even ice swimmers when they're swimming in 40 degrees and there is nothing and they're going in and it's like i oh my gosh it blows me away anyway they're my tell me tell me what what so you you were doing these races and having success with that what made you think to push just 
push for a swims that had never been done or push distances? What, what kind of pushed you over the edge that way? Um, we liked the adventure. Okay. And I said, we, so we had this group that really worked well together. And then we started to fine tune stuff after, mm-hmm. after we had some uh-ohs, like, you know, I'm looking like up at a freighter like this. You know, <laughs> we didn't have vessel traffic. Then we said, oh, let's get radios instead of looking at the newspaper for when ships are coming in, right? Right. You no, know, there's a lot of the freighters. There's a lot of big traffic in the San Francisco Bay, and you got to really mm-hmm. be careful of that. But we would call vessel traffic, but that well, it wasn't all true. And right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so then we decided to have radios, and then we decided to have a motorboat. And then, so now it's like becoming a flotilla. You right. know, we had our, our traditional rowboat that we had because that's yeah. part of the tradition. And there was one old timer named Herman Zoller that I knew I was safe because he smoked a cigar. And I knew that wherever he was, I could smell that cigar. <laughs> like Different kind of uh, exhaust, right? right? right. <laughs> wasn't diesel, wasn't gas. It was cigar. <laughs> and then we had, um, and then one of the swims we did. So we really liked the adventure of like, and we also liked afterwards. We really liked to have a big party afterwards. In, yeah. In, Are you the only in, swimmer or in yes. these? Other, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So I'm the only swimmer. Uh, so it's one swimmer. And then we would have like one motorboat, one rowboat, uh, a kayaker, maybe even two motorboats if need be one yeah. would stay with me. And then one would, that would go around and kind of chase boats away. I and I even remember one of the one of the beta breakers swim from the Bay Bridge to Ocean Beach, which is, the beta breakers is a big running race, mm-hmm. of 100,000, but I was going to swim it. Of so, course. <laughs> uh, so we had to go outside the gate and all politically incorrect. We had a sharpshooter for sharks because some there was a shark attack in like 58 or 62 outside mm. the gate. Um, so everybody's like afraid, you know, still, even though this was like the early, 20 years later. Um, so yeah, so that was a lot of, a lot of fun doing the first, all, you know, these swims, these adventure swims Mm -hmm. in some ways. Uh, and then somebody said, well, Suzanne, you've done enough in the Bay. Have you thought about the English channel? I'm like, oh, (laughs) good idea. But how would I do that? Now you have to remember that back then, again, the resources just aren't there. I mean, like we've got all these internet and you can get going. You have to really know somebody. Yeah. And so at the time I knew Carol Brider and she was, she ended up, I connected with her via a boyfriend and uh, she um, was on the pro circuit and she said, you know, I know about training. I know how to do this. So she actually um, helped me out. She, well, she's my trainer. So in 85, I swam it uh, once and it was from France to England. Okay. Had a, and again, when I think of it back then, it was one pilot, you know, one crew person, right? Uh, one observer, and my trainer. Yeah. Four people. Right. <laughs> now we have ships, and <laughs> yeah. You, now, now we have, you know, ca- you know, like there's like twelve people, like for Catalina. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, because I don't have a whole lot of personal people except one trainer on the boat. So. Uh, so that swim was eventful and we were trying we and i think in open water like even though i might have the speed had the speed at that time i also was a realist that you know you need a good good tide you need a good pilot good trainer good Mm -hmm. swimmer good weather 
And most of all, what you need if you want a record is good luck. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So but you were going for the record. Were you going for the record? From France, yeah, very doable. Um, and, but I also knew that records are nice. It's the cherry yeah. on top of my Sunday. Okay. I'm okay. always grateful for, a, always grateful for a finish because so many, you know, I had experience, so many things can happen. So we were swimming France to England. And so of course, my course took me right through where they were restricted area where they were building the channel. Ah, <laughs> So the French threatened to come. Uh, this is all unbeknownst to me. So they actually have a recording um, on it. And uh, I'll get to, so there's actually a recording of all what happened. And I have that. It's, it's documented on this documentary. So, um, so the French threatened to come in and abort the boat. They were shooting off flares. So I know I'm swimming from France to England. And then suddenly I know I'm going back to France. Oh, <laughs> I'm heading, okay. So I knew I was going the opposite direction, but I was, I'm a pretty disciplined swimmer. So I don't ask a whole lot of questions. I just, I'm very boat trained. I follow the boat okay. and, uh, and you know, they have the little whiteboard where they're writing stuff and, you know, she's writing good messages, keep going and are doing great, but I know I'm headed back. And <laughs> so we had to go around this restricted area. So okay. obviously when you're going on a five or six meter tide, that's not a good thing. So, so much for any records. Right. <laughs> and I was happy at 10 hours and uh, 11 minutes. So you went into the restricted area, went back towards France, and then were able to we had to go, go. We had to go swim around the restricted area, and then I landed. And the landing wasn't really very great um, where I landed. Uh, and I think they've changed the rules since then because, you know, you get the real low tides. And when mm. I landed, there was actually uh, a lot of um, rocks. And so mm -hmm. I had to crawl the rocks, and I got pretty cut up. So, yeah, yeah they were figuring it out. I think afterwards that maybe that's not such a good idea. Slipping yeah. I don't even think they that. do France to England anymore is my understanding that you can't even can't do it anymore. Yeah. Wow. I think Sal was saying that Sal Minty. Gravette. Wow. Well, I was lucky then I was, yes, able to you that. got to do it. Nope. <laughs> and then the following year. So of course I want more. So I want to go back the other way. So uh, Mike Orm was my pilot on that one. And Carol was there as my trainer. So we start out, but we started out in a different place because we wanted to see if it was, you know, I like doing these things, trying these things. Yeah. 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 They, work, they not work. Yeah. So we started out from St. Margaret's Bay. And I think that day there were probably five or six of us that started. And I think only two or three of us finished. I pretty much looked at the keel of the boat the whole time. It was mm. really rough. It was mm. really, really, wow. really rough. Uh, yeah. And, uh, landed it was was on it was 10 hours in one minute so so much for that yeah yeah and i i kind of got a little sassy at the end and i said you know if this water is ever flat out here i want to be out here and, <laughs> yeah you know kind of and you know and so four days later the um pilot called me up and said we have a very flat day do you want to go i'm like well <laughs> You know, I did say, right? So I, yeah. are you a person of your word or not, Suzanne? I'm like, fine, I'm going. So I did <laughs> Four days crossing. later. Wow. Yeah, another crossing, a um, little more traditional from, um, from, was it four days? Well, it was within like five, it was pretty, it was 
maybe five, five days. Because I, anyways, it was soon after. So mm -hmm. at so we did a traditional where you start at um, Shakespeare Beach, and it was flat. You could have water skied across it. It was wow. gorgeous. <laughs> it was wonderful. And usually my strokes were at that time were about seventy six a minute wow. and I got down that was on the first swim I got down to 56 strokes a minute wow Phil Rush happened to be on the boat as he was training for his three-way and and he jumped in and was I actually had a pace swimmer because I usually don't and that was really <laughs> nice to have a pace swimmer actually nice. and then Carol asked me or somebody on the boat asked me well how are you doing and I blew a gasket because I hate that question I hate that question. <laughs> like whatever you do please. just don't ask me how I'm doing <laughs> oh please don't ask me how my stroke rate down to 56 um and I just kind of lit into you know how do you think I'm doing I'm tired you know water's flat I can't go fast and I was just like Kind of, I'm usually not like that, but I was not a happy person with that question. <laughs> and so then the pilot came out and said, because I think that they were thinking they weren't used to me, they weren't used to me being that that slow, you know, mm -hmm. from 76 to 56. And yeah. the pilot just said, oh, she's got that attitude. She's actually, he said, if she's that pissy, she's just fine. So, um, <laughs> so we finished that swim in 10 hours and 25 minutes. Oh. <laughs> and, um, it, you know, it was wonderful. It was flat. I was yeah. tired. Tired, right. And so yeah. after that, um, there was this, I was asked to be a participant in this international three-way relay, which was like in another like five or six days. Oh my goodness. And again, I really like to take opportunities. And, <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> and you know, you all, that FOMO, fear of missing out. And yeah. I just want to just try everything yeah and, yeah and it was going to be a challenge because i do get seasick um but uh yes it was one young man from great britain two from belgium one from japan uh one from uh, bel uh three from belgium uh so there were six of us international team we did make it at 32 hours 54 minutes three way the water was um, really kind to us. So I didn't get seasick, but it has to be one of the hardest things I've done. Cause you get out, you swim hard for an hour and then you get out and you vibrate yeah. your human popsicle stick. Yeah. Then you get in again. It was, it was really hard. Yeah. Uh, but I really, again, you know, I was the only antiseptic American. We couldn't cause there this fishing boat was rather unique. You, it was a working fishing boat. You couldn't go underneath cause that's where oh. fish mm. jumped. Was. <laughs> and then on the top they it was uh, cluttered with a lot of the traps and things like that the crab traps and you know big buoys and thing and they didn't have a head so we had a fluorescent orange bucket <laughs> nobody else cared I'm like okay you know I just kind of like here we go and so things were it was pretty basic uh but that was really exhausting yeah so it was like a two and a half weeks. I'd been back and forth in the channel so many times. Wow. Uh, and yeah. this is your first experience over here, right? So you're no. coming from like, okay. Oh, that's right. You were there the year before. I did one. And then 86, I did two solos and then the three-way relay. relay. And I was still gung-ho. 
that's awesome. But what, before we get too far, I know that it's, you've got a lot of stories, but I want to just understand from that. So you've got this kind of core group, you're, you're swimming and training within the Bay, and then you're going for that first English channel opportunity. What was it like to kind of come out of like, were you able to bring anyone along to like help, you know, help motivate, motivate you? Or was it really just this trainer and some other strangers on the boat? Or what was it like, just like that shift, you know, like from your pod to this? Well, I had my, I had my, my parents did come over, but they're not on the boat. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So none of my pod came over, but my parents did, which was wonderful to have. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like having your mom and dad. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But other than that, you're just with no whomever whomever's out there and you're like I'm swimming that's what I do (laughs) that's what I do that's what I do uh and in fact um husband doesn't go on boat my boat (laughs) for a lot of different reasons parents uh, mom mom definitely not because they would worry you know and even even wanting to do the Farallon swim that's one swim that they had both asked me to please not do out here you know, I, I'm also a diver, so they weren't keen on me, you know, going abalone diving um, when we used to be able to abalone dive. You know, right. we do have friends of friends that have been hit by sharks, but um, I, you can't ignore it, but you just have to take your calculated risks. Right. And that's how I, I kind of live life yeah. with taking the calculated risks. And I think many open water swimmers do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, it, so I was really happy and I was gung ho to go back, back to the English channel for the following year. Long story short on that one. I, I learned a lot. Uh, a lot of times we talk about home runs, but it takes a lot of foul balls to hit those home runs. Mm-hmm. So I was very sick. I did not take time off after all that training. And I probably should have Ooh. and let my body recover. Sick, 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 sick. I was not well-trained. And there were so many people from the Dolphin Club. They would, um, they were so supportive. And I think I've been such a project of so many people, especially at the club. I mean, they put on fundraisers. I mean, I was teaching preschool. I was going to grad school. I, I mean, I didn't have the funds necessary to to really do that. Right. And they really stepped up and really helped me. That's great. Uh, so lucky. So appreciative. And I mean, to see have people that really want to see you achieve your dreams, even if you don't make it. And I'll tell you, so in 1987, I went back and this time I went back by myself. I didn't have a trainer or anybody with me. And I thought, you know, I had people over there. I knew them well enough, not the case. So it was a night swim and I'm okay with night swimming, but uh, I don't know. I was just tired. I was swimming four hours halfway and I didn't want to be there. That's mm. all I can tell you. Huh. I didn't want to be there. And I don't know. I just didn't want to be there. And I said, I'm quitting. And halfway, and they're like, they're like, eyes got, are you kidding me? I go, no, I just don't want to be here. I got a little chilled, but nothing to write home about, but a little chilled. And I knew it was a night and I knew that they had to, they couldn't run the boat away from me. And if I touched the boat, this one would be over. So I touched the boat and, um, and got out and proceeded to throw my swim cap and my swimsuit in the ocean and say, forget it. And the pilot said, you are done. You're too greedy. Do not come back here. You're done. (laughs) And I threw up and I was upset and, uh, that's okay. I was, I I mean, I wasn't okay with it. I I mean, it it took me a little while to be okay with it. Yeah. Uh, Like, 
a couple months. And I remember when I came back to the Dolphin Club feeling embarrassed that I had failed. Somebody said, Suzanne, sometimes it's harder to quit than it is to keep going. Mm. And I went, yeah, it was. It was really hard, but I, you're right. And I learned a lot and a lot about myself, picked it up, started training hard and did a whole mindset gear shift. And next year made, uh, won the USA Swimming Long Distance 25K Nationals. Uh, was part of the 25K national team that went to Lake Geneva, got a, won a silver medal at world championships. Um, the width of Lake Geneva. Not- <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good clarification. So, okay. So was, yeah. I forget how many K it was. I think it was supposed to be 18, but that's a whole, that was all interesting. Shelly Taylor Smith and I were kind of back and forth. Shelly Taylor is a, an incredible motivator, open water swimmer, really also for women just really forged a lot of, um, made a lot of progress for women in the world uh, championships for the pro circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, uh, I remember the last mile, my team said, sprint for a mile, sprint. <laughs> Don't tell me to sprint for a mile. So Chili just put the hammer down and um, so got us and just, you know, beat me by a couple, uh, a couple minutes, probably like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was like a three hour, three and a half hour swim. And it was, uh, it was a good time and it was really fun to go ahead and, and to race, you know, 25 Ks. Following year, I ended up, um, my other passion is education and working with kids with special needs, um, medically fragile, severe behavior disorder, autistic. And then the last part of my life was, uh, of career was working at juvenile hall for incarcerated, with incarcerated youth and uh, a lot of trauma in there. So if you wonder yeah. why I swim, yeah there you go my peace my time you know that and all the way along the line all the way along my life people say what motivates you well I know when I'm in the water and I'm swimming that's all I'm thinking about whether it's training and it it just clears my head you Mm -hmm. know we've got kids that are you know I have some kids that are pretty challenging which I love challenges and I love I love how I really enjoyed my kids that are autistic, severe behavior disorder, I, I, because it, you know, it's always kind of like playing chess, you know, trying to yeah. figure things out as a school psychologist and licensed educational psychologist, and then the same at juvenile hall. But uh-huh. it, there's a lot more trauma and pretty, pretty intense stuff. So that swimming, swimming there when I was swimming the last couple of years was really a needed necessity there. My time yeah. for myself great I, I really enjoyed working with those kids but it, it's um it's like no other yeah with kids with such significant trauma yes so yeah. uh so then uh i went to new zealand and ended up having uh, getting a scholarship with the teacher the handicap scholarship for the rotary oh, foundation cool. so i spent new year in new zealand had a great time pool swimming and open water swimming i was there not a day and uh they said we have a race on saturday uh, okay i'm up for it it's rangatoto an island in uh in new zealand here you keep the water tower on your left and the palm tree on your right okay so there <laughs> i go swimming there and so i have great oh met wonderful people great school so that was new zealand following year I ended up trying out again for the um, USA national team but got fifth at nationals in the 25k Mm. so I'm back home now and uh, again another reset and so I start pretty much doing more pool swimming from Mm -hmm. about uh, 1990 to about 
2006 with some open water swims still again and some 10 Ks, you know, one and two miles and, and ended up doing uh, international swimming, international masters swimming hall of fame, first open water swimmer um, into their hall of fame. Cause oh, I had, wow. been, yeah, yeah. So they did yeah. world championships and in the pool. Um, I think they've totaled up for me somewhere like I don't know, over 40 world records for wow. pool swimming. Yeah. Um, 1500, but I did have the world record of the hundred free at one point. <laughs> That's awesome. So again, so there you go. So there's the mindset 90 in 1998. I did uh, the U S USA swimming uh, national still at almost age four. I think I was at about 40 and mm-hmm. uh, won a silver medal in the 10 K distance down here. They were uh, the USA swimming. I wanted to swim more uh, long distance um, with them, but they would hold their swims a lot of times in Fort Myers and the water was just too hot. hot. Yeah. yeah. And one of the worst times that I have gotten in trouble has been in hot water hot and water. a training swim. We were in a training camp at, uh, for the USA national team in 90, uh, in 80, in 88. And uh, we were doing a swim at, at Lake, I forget what lake, but it was warm and had leeches. <laughs> And, and yeah, I didn't get leeches, but uh, my <laughs> friend did. And uh, got too hot, had to get pulled from the water, put in an air conditioned car. Oh, gosh. That was pretty scoopy, scary, you know, that was really yeah. scary, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you talk about hypothermia, I actually did the other hypothermia. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, so I'm very wary, uh, very cautious of warm water. Yeah. So uh, pool swimming for about 15, still stayed in touch with my Bay roots. Mm-hmm. And there was one swim to, I always wanted to do, though, and that was swim around Manhattan. Ah, but yeah. in the 80s, I was too, uh, I was too afraid to do it because uh, I always heard about how the water was not the cleanest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, San Francisco Bay was not the cleanest either. Now, significantly, the San Francisco Bay is cleaned up. And then I went around Manhattan. When I arrived from Manhattan, it, had, it was also significantly more clean than it was mm-hmm. back in the 80s. When, so when, off, sorry? What year did you do Manhattan? So Manhattan was 2014. Okay. So I started, you know, I thought, okay, pool swimming. I'm kind of like, I wanted to do something else. Uh, you know, I, and this time, though, the mindset was, just different. I wasn't racing. I was finding a lot of camaraderie at the dolphin and the South end with my buddies. And I was inspired by some of these, well, actually they're ladies that swim. Oh my gosh. They spend hours in the water, hours. They're not the speediest, but doggone it. I think it takes a lot of courage to know that when you jump in the water, they're going to be in the water swimming for like 18 hours. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. To do swims that I'm, you know, I might do like six hours or seven hours faster. Mm. And I, I mean, the cold and the mindset that it blows me away. So I found this very impressive. And when we're out there training in aquatic park and beyond, it's sort of like, well, even though I'm not swimming with them, but knowing that they're in there with me or mm-hmm. we're together, it's just nice knowing that there are other people spending hours in the water. You're not the only nut. Right. So, right. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, I really want to swim Manhattan. Also, I, I breathe only to the left. I know you're supposed to talk about bilateral breathing, <laughs> but I'm really comfortable on the left. I can sometimes turn my head to the right, but it really is not comfortable. I breathe in that nice little pocket, right. um, especially when it's choppy on my left. So mm. And Manhattan is the left side. So, so I got to see every little bit around nice. that island. So I was really happy with that swim, but I was not well-trained. Oh. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah. And I could barely lift my arms up afterwards. It's like, going, mm-hmm. oh, this is not good. And there had been some other, uh, the other reasons I kind of wanted to um, get back into my long distance open water swimming and find a little bit more peace um, I had both my parents pass away within six weeks of each other in 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that was real difficult. Mm-hmm. And uh, to say the least, it's like here one day, gone another. Wow. So I jumped into uh, really just swimming in the bay a lot more. I, I call it my Sunday. Every Sunday they go, oh yeah, I'm going to church. And people look at me and I, but you're not going to church. I go, no, I'm going to church. <laughs> yeah. The Bay is my right. Yeah. That's my time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and when I say, yeah. And in the meantime, so I I did the open water swimming. I should also back up. I was also recruited when I was doing my pool swimming. I was recruited in 2009 because I still had eligibility left Mm -hmm. from Cal Poly by the junior college team. Yeah. Oh, wow. My husband was coaching water polo and the coach wanted a long distance swimmer. So I swam for junior college for eligibility for two years in 2009 and 2010. That's awesome. And, and yeah, I got, it was fun. I got, uh, actually, I, I was third in the state in the 1500. And it, was, <laughs> it was pretty, um, it set, set a conference record at the time. And, but then I got, and then, okay, I was done with the pool swimming. Then, then again, so that was 2009, 2010. In fact, they even made a documentary out of it. It's called the 50 year old freshman, 50 50 year old freshman. All right. I got to check that out. <laughs> the trailers on there. We don't make any money. It was just, it was done. It, I mean, it's just something, it was a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so then I was, I was done for, with the swimming part with the pool swim. I wanted to go back to my solace and my peace. Mm-hmm. So back, so we did Manhattan. Meanwhile, I continue to be like um, swimming with this group on, at my church, uh, the Dolphin in the South End. And I remember Evan Morrison saying to me, uh, what? You haven't done Catalina? Oh, I thought you did. You haven't done Around Angel Island? I thought you did. I'm like, no. Oh, so we're back to, oh, this is a, might be a good idea. So, but things have changed. Things have changed a lot than from when it was back in 1985. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it used to be more spontaneous when I would go out for swims. It's not so spontaneous anymore. <laughs> no. no. So all I want to do is swim. And it was hard getting boats and people together. And, and so I uh, met up with... Um, they had uh, Pacific Sylvia Lecoq and Brian Tamerlan with Pacific mm-hmm. Open Water. So they're like, we'll take care of it, you know, and they've got, oh, 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 oh. Can you see me? Yeah, yeah, I can see you. Okay, my thing went blank. Oh, okay. oh I can still hear you. I can see you. Okay, well, I can't see you. So That's I okay. did something wrong. Well, no, All right. I can still hear you. You're good. Okay. All right. Well, here we go. All right. Yeah. There we go. 
So they're like, okay, swim. And they have every little GPS gadget and gadget and everything. Mm -hmm. And like, okay. So I ended up swimming around Angel Island because I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll try, you know, Catalina. And that's a process. And so I kind of kind of check out. So mm -hmm. my around Angel Island was pretty character building uh, and cross channel swim and boats and freighters and chunky and mm, so, okay, let's try Catalina if I can do this. So kind of getting a, like a six and a half hour. So I'm expecting Catalina to run me somewhere around 11 at the worst, hopefully 12, but we all know anything can happen. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I did book for Catalina and I got down there. And they had switched pilots on the boat because, you know, they keep taking people out and pilots have to have so much time off. Yeah. But I get to the boat and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it is a flipping floating hotel. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm used to like, board. and Sylvia, I asked Sylvia to be my um crew on there and trainer because she knew how I was swimming and everything mm -hmm. and she's also a chartered pilot so I knew if anything went wrong she could take the boat over yeah but they have two pilots they have two observers they have two kayaks I was lucky enough to also do a six-hour swim with Dan Seminelli because down in La Jolla I even flew down there because I wasn't sure if I had it in me anymore to right if I could do this yeah. you know so I was really questioning my ability so Dan, Dan and his buddy help help kayak. Oh my gosh, if there was positivity on that boat, it was all over the place. Wow. But two pilots, three crew, got to have that galley crew. I love, you know, because I want my crew to be happy. They yeah. have to be happy. I want everybody to get along. I want everybody who's <laughs> together. I want happy crew because, you know, the whole positive vibe. No husband. And he was <laughs> having a hard yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's on shore. I mean, like I said, you know, his one of his favorite shows is Shark Week. So that <laughs> mojo does not go on my boat. No, right. <laughs> no. And so anyway, um, the swim went without a hitch. It was great. The pilots were great. I mean, they're professionals, but it just was it caught me by surprise. Oh, this isn't the who I've been connecting with. Right. No, they're all professionals, but Sylvia could see on my face, like, uh, and Dan, I got it. I'm like, That's what a crew person does. Mm -hmm. They got it. You know, mm -hmm. so all I have to do is worry about swimming. Yeah. Uh, pretty much the swim was um, uneventful. I mean, it was a little chunky in the beginning, you know, and medium chunking in the middle and lay your wake at the end. And then you, I had a uh, the uh, current pushed me against me a little bit at the very end and the water temperature dropped at the end. Um, I did, one of the things that did happen though, is I vomited for about, which I've never really done on a swim. Oh, wow. I didn't get seasick, uh, but I was prepared for that. I had medicines. I had ginger tea, ginger cookies, ginger ale, ginger, ginger, ginger all over the place, just in case. And so, um, about four hours, I did some pretty good throwing up. Mm, yeah. And finally, one of my paddlers, I was ready to take the meds. And he said, Suzanne, are you feeling nauseated? And I said, no. And then it finally clicked on me. And here I am, somebody who teaches mindfulness, somebody who is in touch with the breathing, somebody who does progressive muscle relaxation. 
I was so irritated with myself and I was doing this like, Suzanne, get your act together. Your stomach's in a ball, you're nervous, calm down. You've got great people, just relax, move on. You're fine. This isn't seasick, this is nerves, knock it off. So after giving a, a little self, a little pep talk there, right. getting my act together, it was all good. Nice. I, I got in the groove and it was fine. That's so awesome. yeah and the husband was there at the very end with a big hug and, yeah. and yeah, that was wonderful so I'm thinking okay I'm very proud to do the triple crown I did you know 10 hours I think that's almost 10 hours and 16 minutes solid time very good yay I was pretty sore again because I was cranking along a pretty good clip um there was an which was great we had, I had another boat that also went off so I had company which was really fun you know yeah. you have somebody else you know somebody else is also you know in this you know in the same water you are so mm-hmm. it's all good uh, but we're not again it's not racing these are events this is not the mentality that I used to have this is all for me you know having people around you and of course at the very end after the swim we all go have dinner we have you know I I just I like, I like the end when we all get together and podcast. Mm-hmm. So now we're, now we're at the next swim and everybody now is talking about back at the dolphin and the South end there's, they're all, they're doing Tahoe. And I'm so again, inspired by some of these people that knowing that they're going to spend 15, 16 hours out there, you know, you know, Suzanne, can you, why don't you do it? I'm like, Oh, how can mm-hmm. I say no? Right. I mean, these guys are just incredible. So, I mean, people like I've got uh, Rainy, Kathy, Rainy, Rainy Pierce, Kathy Harrington. You know, these are uh, Amy. I can't say her last name. Goober, Goobser. I mean, these are ladies that are just still swimming and they're incredible. And they're not like young, young, you know, they're not real young. They're right, right. Mature years. Yeah. So uh, I go, okay. So I booked it with Sylvia and we did Tahoe and uh, we did the first, we tried twice. So the first swim, actually it would, did not, um, the, there was a warm storm that came in, mm-hmm. made the water temp go up to 74. However, after an hour and a half, um, they, the, the, the wind was up to uh, 25. We left the, when we left the lake and it got up to 35. Cool. Not safe. So, no. no, so we tried to, so pulled me in and that's hard, but I've been down that road before in England, you get a lot of false starts. So, you know, I go back, you know, this has happened before, been there, mm-hmm. done that, false start, right. keep down there. nope, weather's changed, you know, <laughs> so you have to really keep your head together. And a few days later, we tried it again and it had to be one of the most beautiful swims. Altitude was, I, even though I was up there for nine days, it, it was a little bit rough on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed turning on my back and looking at the stars. And um, even Brian was saying, Suzanne, you can pick it up now. <laughs> no, I don't want to. I want to look at the stars. I don't have to worry about critters. I just can just be And the water is 67. It's warm, all good. So that was like 10 hours, 51 minutes. Kind of got a little anxious towards the end. You know, I wanted to be done, but I really did enjoy that whole night experience. Um, awesome. ooh, it was really beautiful. Uh, swim again was uh, pretty uneventful. The first third was chunky, ucky. And then the other one was choppy, mm, bay, similar <laughs> to the bay. Right. So the bay. And the last was you could have laid your own wake. 
Right. So, and I really needed that Tahoe swim this year because uh, that my training was totally different than it had been because you, I like to do a lot of pace training and training hard in the pool with 10 or 12,000 followed Mm -hmm. by a base. you know, I have a specific training plan, pool, Mm -hmm. a lot of pool followed by longer open water. But with all the COVID I did all open water, Mm -hmm. no pool. And interestingly, while I probably might not have been as fast, I'm not sure how much time that really would have made Mm -hmm. a difference in Tahoe, maybe a half hour. It was a lot more relaxing training all in the bay and not yeah. in the pool. Yeah. Uh, injury wise, uh, I was a lot less injured. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot less injured. Mm-hmm. It kind of was a lot more fun. Um, yeah. If I had people <laughs> to swim with, like if I do a four or five hour, they come and do an hour or two with me. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, um, it was a lot more fun. And I really enjoyed the training part. And I think that's what, um, I really enjoy about my swimming aside for it's my time to myself, clears my head from an intense yeah. job, my other passion, which is education, you know, and supporting kids who have intense needs, but also it's, it's, uh, the discipline and I love the discipline and the process. Yeah, yeah. You've been process. doing it so long. You do and must love how. the discipline. Yeah. I love yeah. the discipline. I also love the process yeah. setting your goals while the goals are nice to achieve. Um, it's also for me, it's, it's also the whole process and just enjoying mm-hmm. every day. And that's how I do it. I try to walk out of every workout or every swim with um, something that I'm happy about. Yeah. Yeah. There's I, only time story. For, I love it. It's such a great story. I'm going to have to have you back so we can get in your head a little bit more, but I only have one more question for today and then I got to let you go. Um, did you have anyone that you were able to look up to through all of this? You've started so long ago and you've been on such a road for so long. Who did, who, whose marathon swim stories inspired you? Well, several, well, it changed. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there was Penny, Penny Lee Dean. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to meet her and I was really thrilled with her, with her and her intensity and her ability to keep going. Um, and then actually the other people that I really looked up to were the people, the old timers at the dolphin club. Oh my gosh. They hadn't missed a day of swimming, no matter how long in like 30 or 40 years. And I know that, you know, I'm 62. And so I know that I'm probably kind of on that end of it, but, uh, I mean, I remember as a kid, that's what I would, that's what I would look up to. So as far as anyway, I remember Penny and meeting Penny and all the inroads that she has made. And then there've been other people as well, you know, Steve Moon and Tony's, some of the things that he's done, but in more of like helping really develop the, the whole swim, swimming and open water swimming, both he and Penny. So those are my people that I've, you know, that I have looked up to, but it's kind of mainly not the speedsters, not, but it's, it's the people, um, that knowing that they're, they're tough and they stay with it. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Suzanne. Okay. Okay. Thank you for listening. Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my virtual efficient swimming basics program at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>